The last time I was here, I did a teaching called, I've decided to follow Jesus, now what? So in that teaching, we talked about what the gospel message is. We talked about repentance, or as it's called in Hebrew, teshuva, which means to turn around. We talked about how you cannot call yourself a Christian, you cannot call yourself a follower of Jesus, and continue to live a lifestyle of sin. It's just impossible. So to sum it up, we need to confess that Jesus is Lord. That he came, was crucified, buried, and resurrected on the third day according to the scriptures. Number two is repent, teshuva. Confess and repent of your sins. Go and sin no more. And as I just said, you know, we cannot decide to follow Jesus and continue on uh, being a thief, an adulterer, a liar, a drunkard, uh, watch pornography, fill in the blank with whatever sin you want. We just cannot do it. And lastly, we need to obey. We need to obey the Word of God. And Jesus said it Himself, Anyone who claims to know me but does not follow my commandments does not know me. The truth is not in it. And of course, in John 14, 15, Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments, right? So we have confess, repent, and obey. But tonight, we're going to, I was excited to hear that we are having a baptism because it goes right along with what we're going to be talking about tonight, which is the importance of the Holy Spirit in the lives of believers. So Jesus told his disciples, that he was uh, that he had to lead and go back to the Father so that the Helper, that the Helper would come, and that Helper is the Holy Spirit. But before we go any further, does anyone have any idea what time of year it is? And I'm not talking about like spring and summer. Brian, you know, yeah, yeah. Right now we are we are still in the Passover season that will conclude at a holy day called Shavuot. Has anybody ever heard of that? You might probably know it better as Pentecost. But Shavuot is a harvest festival. But it's also the day that commemorates the giving of the law at Mount Sinai. The events of Acts chapter 2, you know, with the flames of fire and everyone speaking different tongues and the rushing mighty winds, all happened during Shavuot. But I'm going to give you just a little bit of a history lesson before we go any further because it's important because of the time of year that we're in right now. So anybody in here know what the Torah is? Anybody ever heard of it? A.K.A. Law of Moses. First five books of your Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy commands us to count the days of the Omer on the day after the Sabbath during the week of the festival of Passover. The day on which the first fruits of the barley were harvested and offered up in the temple, we are commanded to begin a countdown to the next festival, which is Shavuot. We are told to count 49 days, and upon their completion... The 50th day is the appointed time of the festival of Pentecost. So we have Passover, then 50 days, 
Shavuot, both the English and the Hebrew names for the festival reflect the counting of this. The, the, the counting is it's like a chain that kind of links Passover to Shavuot, right? The Shavuot became known as the anniversary of God's appearance at Mount Sinai. It is celebrated as the anniversary of the giving of the law. So in Acts chapter 2, as Cody was just talking about not long ago, the disciples are all gathered in the upper room, and they are... I just lost my spot. But but they're also gathering to celebrate Shavuot at this time in Jerusalem. But they were celebrating the anniversary of the giving of the living Torah, the Word made flesh, which is Jesus. So on the first Pentecost, going back, signs and wonders accompanied the giving of the law at Mount Sinai. There was smoke, fire, the cloud on the mountain, and we all probably heard that story. The mountain trembled and the blast of a shofar sounded louder and louder. The voice of God was audibly heard by the entire nation of Israel. But according to Jewish tradition, the giving of the law at Mount Sinai was also accompanied by other wonders as well. Two of which are significant when we're reading Acts chapter 2. Tradition speaks of flames of fire which came to each individual at Mount Sinai. On the occasion of the giving of the law, the children of Israel not only heard the Lord's voice, but they actually saw the sound waves protruding from the mouth of God. And they visualized them as a fiery substance. Kind of sound familiar. Each commandment that left the Lord's mouth traveled around the entire camp and then came back to everyone individually, according to Jewish tradition. The second miracle is the voice of God speaking in every language known to man. There was a mixed multitude that came out of Egypt with the Israelites. Many Gentiles, like many of us in this room, were standing at the foot of the mountain alongside the children of Israel. And everyone heard the voice of the Lord in their own language. Does that sound familiar? So if you have your Bibles, go to, uh, join me in Acts chapter 2 real quick. It says, when the day of Shavuot had come, they were all together in one place. Suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And tongues like fire spreading out appeared to them and settled on each one of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them to speak out. So does that sound familiar? Just like the previous experience at Mount Sinai, it's happening again, right? And during the, the, you know, Shavuot is a pilgrimage festival. So many people were coming to Jerusalem to celebrate this. So there are thousands of Jewish people present. And they are hearing what's going on in this upper room. Many of them are curious, but others are mocking it. They, they think it's funny. You know, they're calling them drunks. And, but Peter explains... 
about what is uh, what was spoken through the prophet Joel about Jesus. And at the end, and Cody just literally read it. It says, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the disciples, Fellow brethren, what shall we do? Peter said to them, Repent, and let each of you be immersed in the name of Messiah for the removal of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and your children, and for all who are far away, as many as Adonai our God calls to himself. With many other words he warned them and kept urging them, saying, Save yourselves from this twisted generation. So those who received his message were immersed, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to the kingdom. It's pretty incredible, right? And at the conclusion of this service, many of you will have that opportunity as well. And we're going to try to make time for that. So before Jesus ascended to the Father, he told his disciples that he had to leave so that the Helper would come. And a Helper is one of many ways that the Holy Spirit functions. We must, as believers, understand the Holy Spirit's role in our lives because he is essential to our walk with Jesus. The Holy Spirit, he helps us to overcome sin. He helps us to be a witness. He helps us to change our character. He leads us into all truth. And he also helps us to pray. So if you're in this room, you know, you're going to have this opportunity by the end of the night. The Holy Spirit will also change your priorities. He begins to, he'll change your character. And you will begin to produce good fruit. So what do, you, what do I mean by good fruit, right? The Bible says that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So how many of you in here have ever planted a garden before? A few of you. So when you plant a garden, it takes some time before you start to see the fruit of that, right? So it's the same thing with producing good spiritual fruit. Like I said the last time I was here, God doesn't just flip a magical switch and just make you totally obedient. You know, it requires us putting forth some effort. And as we bring ourselves into submission to the Holy Spirit, and we do that over and over and over again, we begin to see that fruit in our lives, and other people will begin to see that fruit in your life as well. And Jesus says in John chapter 15, that he who abides in me will bear much fruit. And if we don't bear fruit, we will be like a branch that is thrown away and withers. And such branches will be thrown into the fire and burned up. So we see that producing good fruit is crucial to our lives for us as Christians. So don't just believe in Jesus. Follow him. Imitate him. Trust him. Obey him. Only then can we bear fruit. And the Holy Spirit will help you do just that. So, in conclusion, the Holy Spirit works in us by peeling away our sinful characteristics and replacing them with godly characteristics. 
his work in us makes us more and more like Jesus. The power that the Holy Spirit gives us is something that reflects in the natural as well as the supernatural. He gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Power can be many things backed up by the Holy Spirit, such as boldness to proclaim the gospel, power to perform healing miracles. Love given by the Holy Spirit is obvious when we have the heart to love others the way that Jesus does. Self-discipline that is given by the Holy Spirit allows a person to follow through on God's will and have wisdom in their life. The Holy Spirit is our leader, and those who follow him are his sons and daughters. As it says in Romans 8, 14 and 16, it says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful as slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. So I'm going to stop right there. I don't want to give you an information overload, so to speak. Because I could easily spend another two hours talking about the Holy Spirit. Because there's just so much more to talk about. But I wanted to kind of lay a very clear, basic foundation so that you get an understanding of how the Holy Spirit helps you and how critical and necessary He is in the lives of, in the Christian life. So, at this time we'll be in worship, man, come on. And also, if there's any members of the Harbor Life team that would also like to come up as well, they would be willing to pray for people. So, if you're here and your heart is just burning to receive Jesus as Savior, I'd like to invite you to come forward. If you've received Jesus as your Savior, but you'd like to be water baptized, come on up. And also, if you've never received the gift of the Holy Spirit and you would like to tonight, I would also ask you to come up as well. And we have people that are more than willing to pray for you to receive that gift tonight.